This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 73. Good morning to you. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. All right. Well, today we are going to be talking about five habits to make your morning stress free. Oh, <laughs> at first I thought you were going to say stressful. Oh, there are I know how to make stressful. those stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for us not being morning people. Exactly. And especially if you're living in some places where school starts at 7.15. Thankfully, we're no longer in that position. (laughs) So school starts at like 8.30 for us. It's just cold in the morning here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But no matter what, I think if you're not a morning person and you're not carving out that time to wake up like three hours before your kids get up, mornings can definitely be where your blood pressure is hitting the sky. You're right. And... Sometimes you read productivity articles or you hear people that are super productive and you hear how they've already changed the world by 7 a.m. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Or you're failing if you early. haven't yeah. changed the world by 7 a.m. <laughs> no kidding. And I, I feel like as you have kids and as they, especially if you're still in that stage where they're coming to your bed in the yeah, middle of the night and they're the not, night. yeah, they're not going through, Oof. then Bless you know how stressful heart. mornings yes. can be. So what we want to do is we just want to give you five habits, five quick habits that perhaps you can implement one or two or maybe all of them, but hopefully this is going to help your mornings become stress-free. And if there's anything that you feel like we haven't addressed and and this has been really helpful for you that has made your morning stress-free, then reach out to us on social media at InBetweenShow. Leave a comment on this episode at inbetween.org slash episode 73. Email us, reach out to us anyway. We would love to hear your thoughts. And we'd love to share it as well with yeah. our listeners. Yeah, exactly. All right. So number one, take some time to prep the night before. Mm-hmm. This has been a real game changer for us. So I remember when I was growing up, we made lunches in the morning. Mm. And I can remember sometimes where I'm like, I don't know what to throw in for lunch. So I'm going to throw in like peanut butter crackers or whatnot. And that's kind of what I had for lunch. And then you get to school and you're like, oh, that was not enough. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've implemented is that we make our lunches the night before, mm-hmm. including Daniel. Daniel, you bring lunch to, to work. And so you're not making that in the morning, right? Yeah, you're right. And I find that if I forget to make it the night before, <laughs> yeah, it ends up being like three three layer bars for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And maybe a bottle of water if you're getting really yeah, fancy. Yeah. I'm throwing an RX bar right there and you know, I'm good to go with all my <laughs> yes, protein. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So we get our kids to make it after dinner. We're actually cleaning up from our dinner meal, putting mm-hmm. the dishes away and all that. So they're making it as we go along there. Yeah. And it's fun. Our kids are in a school up here that emphasize the, the seven habits Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, Leader in Me, or some sort of Franklin Covey certified school. So what's cool about it is the first habit is be proactive. And I remember uh, Victoria, after eating one time, instead of just sitting there and instead of really just putting her dishes away and going upstairs or doing something else, she literally put her dishes away and started making her lunch. And we were like, we didn't even ask you to do that. (laughs) I mean, they know they're supposed to do that, but usually we need to ask them to do it. And then she was like, no. 
be proactive, take initiative. It's the first habit. I'm like, hey, this is awesome. <laughs> Way to go school. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Exactly. Yeah, but it really does make your morning stress-free because you're not scrambling around. Mm-hmm. It's really helped our family. Another thing that has helped me especially is I write everything. We actually share a Google Calendar, Daniel and myself, but I was finding that I wasn't actually checking my calendar for the next day. Mm. And so I would wake up in the morning and be like, oh no, I forgot that today was, you know, special dress up like an animal day. And I'm like, oh no, we have to do that. So that's another thing is, yes, check your calendar during the day that you're actually going through. But the night before, sometime during the day, check your schedule for the next day so you know things that are coming up. Another thing that has really helped us is I meal prep and I plan for the week. But what I forgot to do sometimes is decide or look at what I'm having the day after for dinner. And so I would forget to take out like frozen meat or something. Mm. And then it'd be like, oh, I have to spend another 10 minutes, you know, or put it on the counter in the morning and let it defrost. And apparently that's not the safest way to defrost your meal or whatnot. So if you look the night before and you're like, oh, we're going to have spaghetti tomorrow. So let me put my ground beef that's in the freezer and put it in the fridge to let it defrost. Yeah, that's such a good idea, Christina. And I find that even for me when I'm brushing my teeth before bed, I'll check my calendar and just make sure I know what's going on next week. Uh, and the next day and just what's coming up really so that I can prep my mind and my heart for for all the work that needs to get done. Right. Maybe different meetings or things exactly. that you're trying to sort out. Um, another thing we do, actually, the kids before their bedtime, they ask what the weather is going to be. And mm-hmm. so they are laying out their clothes the night before. So they're not getting up in the morning and be like, I have nothing to wear. <laughs> what am I supposed to wear? Or all of that. And so they have that. And the one thing they've actually asked them to do is to make sure you are laying out your socks. Yeah. And so I know some people are listening to this and be like, oh, we are still in flip flop weather. In Canada, we are not in flip-flop weather anymore. Yeah, we are in full-on, like, almost boot weather. Yeah. And so the worst is when we're trying to rush out the door, and then I look, I'm like, it is snowing outside, and you do not have socks. Go upstairs <laughs> and get socks. And then everyone's screaming and crying yeah. and, you know, all stressed out because they have to go upstairs and get socks, and we're running late. So make sure to lay out your socks. Yeah, so take some time to prep the night before. That's the first habit. The second habit is whatever room stresses you out when it's dirty, clean it before bedtime. Now, it's this is very important to understand. It's not make sure your house is tip to, you know, clean all the way here because the queen's coming or something <laughs> exactly <laughs> but it's the the rooms that stress you out or the things that stress you out make sure that that's clean before bedtime because honestly if that is an area so for me it's the kitchen and if the dishes are piled up high and think you know the counter's not wiped down and i wake up and i come down and see that that often makes me stressed So even if that causes you to go to bed a little bit later the night before, it's nice to start the day without that stress right away. Yes. And so the kitchen is, you know, it's not my trigger point for me. It's the living room. Mm. And so when I see toys strewn everywhere, especially socks, speaking of socks again, when I see (laughs) random socks everywhere, I'm like, are you kidding me? No one else in my house seems to be bothered by this, but for me, it's my trigger point. So make sure the socks are away in the living room, the toys on the coffee table are gone, and the pillows are picked up, you know, those cushions, oh goodness, those cushions are picked up from the floor and put back. So those are the two rooms. Now, for example, our kids, like their playroom is um, either upstairs or downstairs, not on the main floor anymore, 
And so I don't actually care if the basement is dirty. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a trigger point for me. Is that a trigger point for you, Daniel? No, because we're not going to see it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so if I wake up in the morning and know that the basement is dirty, but I am not going down there for, you know, first thing in the morning, leave it. Let them have it. Yeah, you're right. So the third habit is to set your alarm clock to wake up before you need to. So I usually get up at about 6, 6.15, right? 6.15 is the latest that I can get up so that I can go to the gym. And we're going to get into all that a little bit later. But instead of uh, instead of setting my alarm right at 6.15, I'll usually do like 6.07 and 6.12, you know, 6.10. And I'll, I'll usually do it in under five minute increments because I know when I hit the snooze button, it's typically five minutes later that it'll turn on. So I just want it. So honestly, there are some mornings where I'll hit snooze like five or six times. Yes, I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's a really early morning. I got to set like four alarms so I can hit snooze like four times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was reading an article about how you should try not to do that. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is my saving grace yeah, in the it morning. Is. It is. Yeah, it's not like we have to be out of the house at 6.15 or something or it's not like you have to wake up at 6.15 and so you're hitting your snooze button, you know, 6.17, 6.20, 6.25 because that's definitely going to add more stress. Oh, yeah. You need to set your alarm beforehand if you want those buffer times, mm-hmm. which both of us really, really enjoy actually. Yeah, and it's funny because... Even those nights where our son will sneak into our bed somehow, he's learned how to snooze our phones as well, (laughs) (laughs) which is dangerous when we need it to actually keep on going on to wake us up. (laughs) Exactly. Or he likes when we're out. So he's like, oh, I finally have a bed of my own. I'm like, you've had a bed of your own since you've been born. You just choose not to sleep in it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So if that doesn't work, then maybe another alternative is to just set your clocks ahead. Right. And just forget that you did so that you're always kind of running ahead of time. Yes. And so I actually did this quite a bit when the kids were young, because I feel like it took a lot more effort on my part to get them ready versus them getting ready themselves. Mm -hmm. And so all of our clocks, including the clock in the car, was seven minutes early. Mm. And so hopefully by having that seven minute buffer point, that gives you enough time to, you know, grab the diaper bag if you forgot it or grab the random socks and be out of the house thinking that maybe you're running a little bit late, but actually you are seven minutes early. Yeah. And both this point and the first point all have to do with timing, right? It all has to do with saving time in the morning because honestly, one of the most stressful things, at least for me, is being late mm-hmm, or getting being too close to being late. So I find that even for myself, I will yell or I will lift up my voice or I'll raise my voice, honestly, when we're short on time. And sometimes it's because maybe I woke up too late and I wasn't helping the kids with their timing. So everyone is rushed. Mm-hmm. And who likes waking up with someone yelling at them saying, we're going to be late. You got to go, 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 go. Right. I, mean, I hate that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I hate that as well. Um, I remember a friend sharing a story where her parents both loved to be on time. And on time actually meant like 10 minutes early because mm. if you're on time, they considered it late. Yeah. And so she shared how she felt when her parents were always like, hurry, 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 we're going to be late. And she actually said that that made her feel 
like she wasn't enough for them because she was the one or at least she internalized that she was the one who was making her parents late and her parents were getting upset at her. Wow. So if we have those buffer times, perhaps then we don't have to use those words like, Hey, you're making me late Mm -hmm. or making our children perhaps feel like they're the issue. Cause it's not, they're not the issue. Yeah. So one thing that we did, especially when the kids had to get up super early, was we made sure that they had an alarm clock and that their alarm clock, right, along with this pointer, it wasn't just our alarm clock. They had an alarm clock, one of those old school ones. And it was like far away. So it wasn't right beside any of them. So they They both had to get up (laughs) out of your warm, cozy sheets. We all know how it feels. Now, the other issue was they'd often be yelling at each other in the morning saying, it's your turn to turn it off. (laughs) Now they got up, but who knows if that was the best idea. You know what? We're training them for marriage. That's what it is. Yeah, you got to work together or the alarm clock is just going to keep on ringing in life. <laughs> the wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books, available wherever books are sold. (laughs) All right. So that's number three. So the first habit is to take some time to prep the night before. The second habit is to make sure that whatever room that stresses you out is clean before you go to bed so that you can start that next day, that new day with uh, with without a mess. Right. Uh, The third point is to set your alarm clock to wake up before you need to. And that brings us to the fourth one, which is resist the urge to check your phone, your emails and your social media right away. Yes. So this is an interesting point. There is some research that said that the moment you wake up, your brain is actually processing everything that you've just dreamed of. And sometimes I know you might be listening to this and you're like, man, I haven't dreamt for years. And others of you, you it's daily, it's a daily thing. But what ends up happening, whether or not you remember those dreams, those first few minutes in the morning are actually a way that your brain is waking up it's processing what happened the night before, what happened. And, and actually, those that, that morning time when you first wake up is often said to be some of the most creative moments of your day. So what actually helps is because sometimes, you know, you wake up, snooze, and you see all the notifications and, and you're like, oh, what about this? What's this? And then basically you're letting someone else or something else govern your immediate thoughts in the morning. Or your emotions yeah, as well. Yeah, which can, can lead to stress and all of that, right? So instead of doing that, yeah, snooze, yeah, turn it off, flip your phone over. But for as long as you can, don't look at your phone in the morning. For me, I will often spend time in prayer and in reading the Bible and after that and journaling, after I do all that, that's when I'll, I'll look at my phone and see what happened. But sometimes that's five minutes, sometimes that's 30 minutes, but try to make a, try to create as much of a buffer as you can 
before you check that phone in the morning. Yes, I love what the author of TechWise Family, and we talked more about this whole parenting in a digital age mm-hmm. in episode 62. So you can find that at inbetween.org slash episode 62. But actually what he does is he only checks his phone when he puts his foot outside the door. Oh, so okay, he has yeah. to be out inside of, outside of nature or whatnot, um, at least, you know, breathing the fresh air. And mm. that's when he'll do it. And so sometimes he says, you know, he admits that I'm like, well, I want to really check my phone. I'm going to go outside and grab the newspaper <laughs> quickly and then go check his phone. And other times it's, you know, an hour before he steps outside. And so I thought that was really good in terms of whatever works for you. If you need that actual physical like barrier to Mm -hmm. hurdle over, then maybe that's something that you can put in place. Or if you're totally able to, you know, turn your phone over after you use your alarm, go for it. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then just buy an old school alarm. I mean, they're pretty cheap on Amazon and that way you don't even have that temptation. We have some friends that actually have brought all the devices in their house and they put them in the central charging station. Mm -hmm. So no one has devices beside them, even the parents. So we got to, you, you know, what's going to work for you. You know, what's going to work for your family, but try not to check it immediately in the morning. Cause I mean, think about it. When's the last time you woke up in the morning, checked your phone and whatever you saw or whatever you read or whatever email or social media that changed your day. Completely. Right. I mean, it's like, it's, it's usual minimal things or yeah. I mean, especially during election time, (laughs) some of the headlines I'm like, are you kidding me? I have completely turned off my mm-hmm. notifications. I hardly get much notifications anymore, but especially all the Apple news stuff. Yeah. I've just turned it all off because I'm like, oh, you are governing my thoughts. Mm-hmm. If I want to know what's going on in the news, I will check myself, which I have to make sure that I am checking. Otherwise, literally <laughs> yeah, days will exactly. go by and I'm like, what? That happened? <laughs> <laughs> Balance. <laughs> yes. All right. So resist the urge to check your phone, your emails and your social media right away. Okay, so that's the fourth habit. The The last habit is do something you love every morning. Okay, so for me, after moving to Edmonton, we joined a new gym, right? We had to get into new rhythm. And, and for the longest time, I have not been able to work out more than twice a week, at the max twice a week. Sometimes it'd be weeks on between me working out, period. <laughs> but I, but But at my peak, I've never been able to do more than twice a week. So what we did was we tried to make it easy. We tried to create these habits. So we joined a gym really close to us. It's like five minutes away from our home and it's in between our home and my work and our home and the kids' school. Right. So it's, and it's right beside Costco, which is awesome too. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Makes life so much better. Work out and go grab a hot dog. <laughs> uh, not really. But anyway, so with this new rhythm, what I do is I have told myself, I have created this habit and I'm three weeks in now. So I feel like it's, it's almost good. there. Yeah. Looking really good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> three weeks in where I've said, okay, I'm going to, I cannot go to work until I work out. Right. So that, that's been my habit for the last three weeks. I haven't missed a day. Does that mean I go seven days a week? No, but I will go Tuesday to Friday because with myself being a pastor, Saturday night, Sundays, I'm at the church and we have a lot of evening, different things. Right. So Tuesday to Friday in the morning before I go to work. I have to go to the gym. Now, what I've done is instead of what it's usually been, go to the gym, work out for an hour, hour and 15, hour and 30 at the max by the time I shower and get out, it's 30 minutes. 
30 minutes. So I have these times set with my alarm and then I wake up and wash up and make the coffee and I spend some time reading the Bible and praying and journaling. And then when the clock hits seven o'clock, get in my car, get to the gym. The clock hits 745 because I'm there 710-ish. 745, I'm out. Uh, like I'll, I'll go take a shower or I'll go get ready. And then at eight o'clock I leave. So that way I'm working out for about 30 minutes, giving myself some buffer time here and there. And I'm able to get to work early, pretty early. So that's been a, a new habit for me. Do I love it every morning? No, probably not. Not, not really. You, you won't. No one, <laughs> even the best Olympians don't love their workouts all yeah. the time. <laughs> but the moment I get out of that shower and get in the car and go to work, it actually, you just feel better, the endorphins. Right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I actually exactly. feel really good. And yeah. I feel like I, I have a lot more energy these days too. So yes, I mm. agree. And you look really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He's blushing. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I don't work out first thing in the morning. That's not it's going to be great for me, but, mm. um, I actually drive the kids to school. Mm -hmm. And so that's a choice that we've continued to carry forth from Nashville. Uh, the kids definitely can take the bus and be on there, but I really actually enjoy driving them in the morning. We pray together and I always ask them what they're grateful for and thankful for. Mm -hmm. And then we also, um, I ask them, is there anything that are, is on your heart that you're concerned about for today or, you know, during the week? And can we bring that before God? Mm -hmm. And then so sometimes it's just like, you know, well, whatever, mom, I'm fine. And other times it's, it's been really sweet to hear them. Actually, I'm really concerned about a friend, you know, they fell yesterday and I don't know if they're going to be there today. Oh, can we really? pray for them okay. and all of that? So it's been really awesome to do that. And so that. That's been something that has been really, really meaningful to me in the morning. And I pray that, you know, as we continue to drive and um, as they continue to grow older, that they will have those moments of those touch point moments where they feel comfortable talking, even if it's, you know, a five, 10 minute drive. Mm -hmm. And then after I drop them off, that's when I go to the gym because yeah. I'm a little bit more awake and yeah, <laughs> and got ready your, to go. Got your coconut milk coffee in, that's right, right. that's right <laughs> all right so let me ask you a question about that yeah. because i love what you've done christina in the way that instead of just seeing this as a oh i now need to drive them for 10 minutes or now it's this much time out of my schedule and instead of seeing it as th this thing that you have to do you're looking at it as something that you get to do and you've actually redeemed that time and said yeah yeah well actually driving is secondary What's primary is that I get to have a conversation with my kids every mm -hmm. morning mm -hmm. versus it's if, if we don't have that proactive approach, honestly, a lot of times it's no primary is I got to get them to school. Secondary, maybe we'll have a conversation. Right. So I really love the, the proactive approach that you have. Now, I'll occasionally drive the kids like very, very occasionally uh, when you're sick or different things that happen. But and I, and I know like I've heard from them that and I've heard from you like in settings like this, that questions like that happen. So I try to do that, but they just never really give me much. The responses aren't that good. They're just kind of rote and blah, 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 and they're, <laughs> or they're like screaming and there's all oh, this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So do you think that the consistency of you doing that and the consistency of you asking that has created the space for them to occasionally say meaningful things? Uh, yes and no. Okay. I think it's the fact that I'm the predominantly the one doing it. Mm -hmm. And so let's say out of a month, maybe there will 
be one or two conversations okay, okay. where it actually is that, you know, they're sharing things that they're concerned about. I mean, it's been more frequent now because life has changed and there's a lot of transition. But, you know, if the day to day is pretty much the same, it's not going to be a heartfelt conversation every single time. Yeah, okay. There's more going to be, you know, the screaming or, you know, the oh, I forgot my library book, like mm. all that stuff. Or literally like, can you turn up the music? I really like this song. Or turn up the commercials. Yes. They always <laughs> like, yeah, they like the DJs as they're speaking, and, yeah. you know, bantering with each other. It's the fact that we've created those moments yeah. where, you know, out of, let's say, a month, they have that one conversation. I'm thankful for that one conversation. Okay. And that they feel that there are bridges to communication okay. instead of they don't get a chance to talk about things because we're not listening. Yeah. Okay. That's super helpful. So there you go. Five habits to make your morning less stressful. Number one, take time to prep the night before. Number two, whatever room that stresses you out uh, when it's dirty, clean it before bed. Three, set your alarm clock to wake up before you need to. Four, resist the urge to check your phone, emails, and social media right away. Right away. And number five, do something you love every morning. So those are just five Maybe to get you started, if they're as you were listening and you're like, oh, wow, OK, I, I really liked that one. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to hear. Just reach out to us on at in between show. If you're on Instagram, send us a story. If you're on Twitter, Facebook, comment, leave a leave a remark and any way that you can reach out to us because we'd love to hear which of the five you like. But also, what are your habits? What are your habits that make your morning less stressful? We would love to hear that. We would love to help share that. And all of that is on inbetween.org slash episode 73. And maybe somebody has come to mind as you're listening to this episode. Perhaps you were having a coffee conversation with a girlfriend and you're like, oh, we always feel late and some stress in the morning. It was an awful morning. This is why you can share this episode with them. Or even if you have a teenager that just, you know, you feel like they could use a little bit of help getting ready in the morning and not being late for school. You can share this episode with them by texting them in between.org slash episode 73, or you can hit the share button. Yeah. On your podcasting app. That's There's right. Just that, yep. that little button. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So that brings us to a wrap for episode 73. All right, Christina, episode 74 and five. Oh my goodness. Yes. This is... Uh, mind-blowing yes it literally really is, yeah. mind-blowing so we had the absolute pleasure to interview ron deal he is an expert in blended families or maybe you've heard it as step families mm -hmm. he's written many books about how to help blended families succeed and thrive yeah it it's absolutely incredible and, and honestly for us we were like oh you know this is this is a topic that came up at, when we did our podcast survey this last year mm -hmm. that that i know you as listeners were saying hey we would love to hear more about this so that's partially what 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 started us going down this road but when we started talking to ron deal i couldn't believe like how applicable this is and, and maybe you're like yeah but i'm not divorced or yeah i don't have any step siblings or i don't have this yeah but if you have a relative or if you have a sibling or if you have someone else Even that if you, you know, have a friend yeah who has gotten remarried or gotten divorced or has someone in their sphere that has done so i mean it affects you it affects yes. you because yeah. Christmas is, they're not always, the, you know, the kids or cousins, nephews, siblings. I mean, they're, they're, you're not, they're not all going to be there together. So it was just a fascinating conversation where honestly, I didn't really know much about, but and man, did I ever learn a lot? So you're not going to want to miss this one. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so that it comes automatically and directly to you next week. 
And yeah, thanks for listening in. We'll catch you next week. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast. Two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.